Good afternoon or good bloody well evening and welcome to Crossbutton, our fortnightly deep dive into all things PlayStation. I am Dan, your host, your guide, even your muse, although Muse's new album's not very good. I don't know if you listen to it, it's really disappointing. Quite a lot of bands are doing this now, but anyway, middle age segue there. Uh, I'm going to be here for the next 30 minutes and I'm giving my usual big energetic PS high five. Come on guys, get energetic with me. Uh, to the other two resident ponies joining me this fine day. Cheers for that, Laurie. Uh, it is Laurie, Lord of the Ponies, Shadowfax. How you doing, mate? You okay? Uh, yeah, I'm very well. Very well, thank you. Cool. Uh, and of course, I'll bow down to uh, the dual sensible and dualistic Heather. How are you? You okay? Hello. I'm good, thank you. Do you like my giant you? sign? Do you like my giant sign, Heather? It's beautiful. It's cool, I right? only wish I could see it IRL, you know? Well, might happen. The lucky people that will get to see it. I'm jealous. It might happen yet. We never know. We never know. It's a this giant is sign. Your EGX sign just for. It for, is my. It is my EGX audio sign for the audio a big giant EGX sign. Do you remember last year trying to? We couldn't get rid of it at the end of the night. I was trying to hide it under someone's stool or something, wasn't I? Alex hid it with a load of security guards. He went over, gave them a little, yeah. little wink, and they were like, I mean, "Go yeah, on." He didn't then. hide it. I think he asked. He, he sort of yeah did some backhander or did some sort of secret handshake, and they uh, managed to store it with all of the other security stuff. So as Xbox fans, he just went over and he just went. And then they put it behind there for us, and they're absolutely fine. Uh, also, like poor gaming. Let's go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> harsh. Uh, we always say check out our Patreon page if you want to subscribe. I don't even know why you would subscribe to this absolutely inane shit that we're about to talk about for the next 30 minutes. Uh, you can support us from as little as £2 to gain access to 80 plus additional podcasts, probably more than that. I wrote this about two years ago. Uh, as well as other nuggets of goodness. More details of updated tiers and perks are released now. So if you go over to patreon.com slash crossplayers, you can see all the sexy stuff on there. Speaking of sexy stuff, Laurie, you are playing a game that is very popular. I am, yes. Uh, it's that new one by them fellas and ladies over at uh, Naughty Dog, The Last of Us, part oh, one. Dogs that are naughty. Talk to me about it. How is it? Oh, it's wonderful, Dan. Of course it is. It's a new game by Naughty Dog. Uh, it's a remake of one of the greatest games ever made. So, yeah, it's even better than it was before. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into the debates about whether the price is worth it. I just, just it's such, such a good game and it's such a good way to play this amazing game. And I hadn't played it properly since launch, like 11 years ago. And I'm finally playing it now. There's... I hadn't. I, obviously, I remembered the key story beats, but all the sort of mm. stuff in between, I, apparently, I've completely forgotten because I'm like, oh yeah, this character, oh yeah, this stuff happens, uh, and there was a lot. You think you remember it all, but there's so much that I hadn't remembered, and even the stuff that I had remembered, um, playing through it now, even just the beginning sequence, which I have replayed a couple of times over the years, and um, playing it now, uh, this new version of it, it's just so much more intense and so much more dramatic. Um, the scene where, spoilers, Joel's daughter dies at the very opening moments, it's so... Oh, come on, you're going to have to have spoilers for that now. I was going to say, I love the spoiler um, warning for a game that's Laurie, like basically 20 years. Well, I guess <laughs> okay, someone, will, someone will complain, someone won't have seen it. Oh, I'm going now. But I don't think it ruins the game, even if you do tell someone that, because it's literally the prologue. Um, uh, but just the, the opening moments where she's dying in his arms, it's just, it's so much more... 
I don't know, like emotionally charged, captivating, just like horrible, like hard, hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. Um, it's just because of the, the way it's acted out now. It just feels like they've kind of the whole. It's yeah, it, it's, it's like playing the last of us. Feels authentic. Played on a different level. On it's playing it on a different level to, to how you remember it. Okay, so looking at Metacritic, the Metascore at the moment is very favourable. It's on eighty nine. Um, some of the notable ones I gave her a hundred. Uh, Gameover.gr, God is a Geek, uh, V Games, Eurogamer Italy gave it ninety. So it stood up really, really well. Obviously, it's going to it's a remake of one of the most popular games of all time. But is this on the the wish list at the moment, Heather? Are you going to get this soon? Yes, I yes. will buy it definitely. I reckon it'll come down in price if not come on PS Plus at one of the tiers in the next couple of months. So it might be yeah. worth holding off a little bit. I, I think it'll appear on PS Plus probably a year from now, my, my guess would be, because I think that's, I don't know if they've said that, but they don't, they're not obviously going to do day and day. I think it's like 12 months before stuff, which I think is about what Returnal was before that appeared um, and stuff like that. So that would be my guess for it. But yeah, if you can, if you don't want to pay, I'm sure if you do wait, it will it will pop on there um, yeah. before you know it. Um, the other thing I really like about it is that the second game, obviously the second game builds on it and there's lots more kind of skill trees and open areas. And I didn't like all that. I prefer this kind of more focused. Uh, this was kind of made in the PS3 generation before every game had to have a really detailed skill tree and, and all that kind of stuff that gets you bogged down where you're constantly finding... I don't know, because in this game you do have to kind of look in drawers and cupboards for things. But I feel like Last of Us 2, brilliant game that it was, really went to town on that. And you had to kind of search every drawer and cupboard for cogs and pills and stuff. And that mm -hmm. I, I got fed up of doing that with Last of Us 2. That was something that I didn't like about it because um, it felt like you were... It kind of distracted me from the actual story it was telling that I was constantly slowing down to looking every corner of the bloody room to see if there's any other cogs and pills that I needed to take. Well, I think we've spoken um, about it so before, yeah. but just the way that you had Naughty Dog and Square Enix Crystal Dynamics, who we'll speak about in a minute, um, kind of going toe-to-toe -to -toe in terms of where Uncharted was going and then where mm. uh, Tomb Raider was going. It almost felt when The Last of Us 1 came out, it was kind of like a really stripped back version of those games, which was like really refreshing. So you've gone from these really like bombastic games, massive set pieces, then it's just like a really tight nar narrative experience, which is like completely departed from what they were doing with, with Uncharted. But I don't know, Heather, like what's the... I know this is one of your favourite games of all time, and uh, Last of Us mm -hmm. 2 is up there as well. Yep. Where did you rank the two of them in terms of like, which one did you prefer? Um, I think I prefer the second one. Yeah. Um, because controversially, I, um, I still think Abby's one of the better characters that's mm. been created in the last few years. Um, and I, I mean, I like them both a lot. I really do. And I look forward to playing the remaster. And I think when they've sort of almost finished their little trilogy that they've got planned, mm. like they're going to be like momentous games forever. Like, easy peasy um but yeah like the second one's definitely like always going to be the top runner for me i think yeah okay builds it be on. interesting to see your thoughts after you play this one yeah i mean it very you know it could it's still the case it could change um but i just think i i don't know whether it's like literally because i'm not like a I don't want to say this, this is the worst thing to say because i'm not like a dad so i'm not like you know <laughs> oh a child to save <laughs> like it's right you know but then there's like uh there's also you got abby and you got ellie and you've got all of those dynamics rather than just joel 
the lone hero dad guy who you also mm. have in God of War, Mando, 99% of the media in the world. There's a lot aimed at this. So, yeah, I think that's why number two ranks more for me. But I think um, the first remaster could potentially knock The Last of Us 1 up my rank of, like, top ten, I would say. I think, like, diversity stories. I think, um, yeah, diversity of storytelling is, like, really important. And I think that's something that as much as we had these like graphical challenges in gaming and then you've certainly had like yeah. storytelling uh, like challenges in gaming and mechanics like get introduced into different things but like storytelling itself hasn't really had a focus mm-hmm. until games like the last of us 2 started to have that and true colors as well the um I always forget the name of life the strange. yeah life strange the way that that's kind of brought storytelling on as well it's very it's almost challenging itself every time to go well how can we do this in a a more appropriate way or what can we do what have we learned from the last games then introduce it how can we appeal to a different demographic miles morales did that really well um mm. so where can i identify in games so completely agree sorry laurie what are we going to say mate uh, i was just because heather made a really good point there about uh, the, the relatability of the story and um actually similarly when i first played the last of us i didn't have any children and, and now now i have three children so i was just that that opening scene where it felt so much more emotional for me now uh partly that is the the, the way that it's now recreated is so much more lifelike but also just that i am now for a free whereas before i just thought oh come on get over it come on what's wrong with your man just get, come on whereas you know that was 11 years ago before before <laughs> before i knew uh yeah before my life changed so another game that obviously is going to have the same impact for you heather is uh, resident evil 8 obviously you don't own any zombies so is this still resonating yeah. with you or yeah but I do have a gigantic vampire wife, so... Oh, there we go. Ooh. You know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. It's so good. Um, I don't know. I've been in a weird video game, like, slump since Elden Ring, I think. Um, I haven't I really have bought anything well. new. Hmm. And I'm still on the no-buying rule, so nothing will be bought till Ragnarok. Um... It's tricky. I want to that, buy things. That's, Ragn- mm-hmm. that's Ragnarok the game, not your belief not in that the apocalypse is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not till actual winter comes. Um, I was cold here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's really good. And I've, like, blitzed through it really quickly. Um, hmm. And I do really enjoy it. And I I don't know if it's... Um, sorry, Parsnip's just come inside and she's absolutely piss wet through, so she's just sitting next to me shaking, <laughs> so you can hear the little tinkling. That's, that's the that's um, the cat, not the giant zombie wife that you're related to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> that's cool, Parsnip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make her slightly less threatening, the nine foot, you know, <laughs> balance out. Um, yeah, I love it, and I was playing the PS5 version, and I don't think I played that first time around, um, mm. for whatever reason, I can't remember, but... It looks amazing. It plays really well. Um, it's absolute chaos. I mean, mm. it's just a good time. They've really nailed how to bring those games out quite regularly now as well in similar yeah. engines and just iterate on it, but also then reinvent Resident Evil every single time, you know, which is just like... Seven was the big departure, wasn't it, from like the over-the-shoulder kind of gameplay that had been prevalent in the last couple of games. And then yeah, I think it, like, like five and six started sort yeah. of going, and then seven was just like a whole new step well it's i suppose it is if you look at it in its sort of chapters it's almost like yeah. the the start of the ethan winters stuff mm. um but yeah mm. cool Still very good i uh i've got it 
uh, only because I wanted to get the Steelbook and I just haven't got around to playing it yet. So it's locked I there. Do and have I'm Steelbook. very scared of that game. Very scared of it after <laughs> watching many a people play Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Uh, you've also been playing Divinity Original Sin 2, which is something that's been on my wish list for an awful long amount of time. So sell that, sell that to me, please. Uh, no. Um, okay. I will lend it you, though. Oh, you want when keen. we're done, I'll, I'll send it over to you. Um, oh. It's amazing. It's so fun. I we me and my partner did one and then two in lockdown, pretty much um, straight after one another. So, and yeah, we went back because it just well it, for me it like scratches the D and D itch. Okay, yeah. Um, and we just get that sort of like couch co-op mm. sort of experience that you don't get in games like that really anymore. Like you don't get lots of just big adventure games. That you can just sit, yeah, and play together. So, I'm excited for Diablo Four. Is it? I always go mixed up which whatever one that's due next. But I love those. Um, like... I'm looking forward to Baldur's Gate Three. Uh, okay, cool. Which right. is like super D and D, but mm. it's like still potentially a good year off for consoles. So. Yeah, see, Diablo is not that D and D. It's kind of yeah. it's got similarities in terms of like law building and all that kind of yeah. stuff but in terms of the actual gameplay mechanics there's nothing really that's dnt related but Baldur's gate is absolutely dnd based isn't it yeah so okay cool yeah. uh how far are you just in divinity two um we are it's hard to quantify we've done the first big sort of like chapter i think probably we're maybe on the fourth but i don't know i can't remember how many chapters there are okay cool Okay, I'm gonna but go you watch. can put like absolute hours into mm. it easy peasy yeah it's one of those games there's no way I just think you can carry on playing it and then however you want to progress through it but okay yeah we did a particular fight last night that probably took 45 minutes nice okay cool yeah. decent yeah. All right, so we're moving on to a section that someone has named If You News, You Lose, which I quite like. Um, so <laughs> we're going to keep that going forward. Uh, Amy Hennig, new Marvel Captain America slash Black Panther game set in World War II era Paris. I got through that sentence very, very well. If I do say so myself, I'm going to move over to IGN.com. I'm just going to scroll in so the people that are watching the video can read. It's just the headline at the top, and it continues by Matt Kim. The new Marvel game from Amy Hennig's Skydance New Media Division is taking a different approach to the Marvel Universe, teasing a game set in World War II era Paris starring Captain America and Black Panther. In a moody cinematic trailer set to Vera Lynn's We'll Meet Again, it's not until the end we see Captain America's iconic shield and a brief glimpse of Cap and Black Panther facing off. The words King, Captain, Soldier, Spy then flash across the screen before the trailer ends with a shadowy look of our heroes. Um, so, who put this on the news, and why do you think it was interesting? I'm curious. Well, Amy Hennig uh, is obviously a very, very talented um, former Naughty Dog uh, director, writer, uh, producer, just all-round creator. Uh, and she's had a few games that keeps getting cancelled. She was working on a Star Wars game at one point, wasn't she? Um, yeah. She's now seems to be settled on on this game, so it should be a very good um, story adventure type of thing. I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a PlayStation exclusive or anything. Um, presumably, mm. it's going to be multi-platform. Um, but I mean, it's just the fact it's got her name to it, it should be something to, to look forward to. And obviously, Marvel game it'll, it'll be massive, um, just because anything Marvel based is these days. And was this announced at the Disney 23 or whatever it's called, Expo? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That. 
It's cool. It does look cool. The graphics look incredible. I'm just watching the trailer now. Um, I think there's a big gap as well in like Marvel games like this, like Spider-Man and mm. like action adventure types. So it'll be cool mm. to see characters that aren't super like... I don't want to see super common because they are super common because it's Black Panther and Captain America. So, you know, they're not like the niche guys, but they are not necessarily everybody's immediate choice for a video game. So, mm. it'll be interesting. No, yeah. fair. Yeah. I think the the, t- the TV MCU, whatever you want to call it, um, is taking a lot more of a different approach in terms of the stories that it's trying to tell, like with successes and some things that are a little bit of a dud. But I get it's going to take a while for games to kind of do that as well. You know, it takes like a couple of months mm-hmm. for people to just even start having a conversation about it. But then it takes years for something to be created. So, yeah, if we get different kind of Marvel games that aren't the, the you know, Avengers or um, Guardians of the Galaxy that we had recently, then I think that's quite exciting. Okay. Speaking of exciting, so there was the Ubisoft Forward, was it? yesterday yeah. that's correct okay. so i'm just bringing up the article on gamesradio.com and obviously we're going to talk about assassin's creed so assassin's creed mirage everything we know so far about the game on gamesradio.com uh by john west assassin's creed mirage takes place in 9th century baghdad with a much younger bazim as a central character uh this is an opportunity for ubisoft to return to the roots of the series and celebrate the action adventure foundation that assassin's creed was built on 15 years ago uh while it's true that assassin's creed valhalla odyssey and origins are some of the best open world games of the last decade there is contingent of us out there who long for something smaller scale more focused and dynamic and if that's how you feel you want to check out assassin's creed mirage style fans this one's for you uh laurie i know you're a massive fan of the series i think you did you complete valhalla Am I right in thinking that? I did, yeah. You I did? <laughs> Sunk. Must have been 100 hours into that one. For your pains. But um, what's your kind of like... No, I enjoyed it. Yeah, what's your your history with like the, the tighter collections, you know, the, the Assassin's Creed 1, 2 of the world, where it was a little bit more focused? Have you got much? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to see them going back to this because I do like the, the, the newer games as well, but I think I definitely prefer the older games and my favorite parts of Valhalla was when it stopped off in in York for you spend four or five hours in York and there was a section that's four or five hours in London and there was the same in Paris as well so those sorts of tighter bits those bits felt like an old Assassin's Creed game and um so it's it's cool that they're going back um back to that sort of style with this one and they've not said this is going to be it they're going to just it seems like they're just going to alternate some will be the massive huge ones some will be these smaller scale ones and um, they're pricing this cheaper as well which i think is a smart move because it mm-hmm. kind of sim- it signifies you know this is what we regard as the kind of smaller projects but the the bigger ones are, are still coming there they're going to be the, the main games will still be these epic hundred odd hour games but the there'll be these in between games that will probably be quicker for them to turn out i mean that highlight they've done release a couple of years ago now and there's still there's another um dlc expansion just mm. been announced for it for uh, i think later this year so it's yeah it's, it's that two years two four years of support so yeah fair play they did support that game yeah but yeah no i, I like the gameplay and style of this this the tighter one um i'd prefer you know if someone likes to play a lot of games i'd prefer not have to be dogged down, bogged down for 100 hours playing assassin's creed every couple of years yeah Heather, have you been bogged down recently with any of the Assassin's Creed games or not bothered? Um, I try, but uh, I've got Valhalla and I liked it, but it was just took too long to do even. 
same. So, exactly same. yeah, I just wandered off too much. And I will finish it at some point, but it's already gone on the back burner like four times. So. Struggle with some Assassin's Creed games where I'll play them for a little bit and then come back to it in a while and go, oh, I'll just rather play Horizon or I'd rather play something where the mechanics in that game have kind of come on over two or three years. So mm. I'll go back to it and go, oh, shit, it's outdated now. Um, one thing I did want to say is like, I was looking at the collector's case, which is just on the screen for people watching the video. Um, downloadable content for the collector's edition. You can get the deluxe pack, which is inspired by Prince of Persia. What is it with Ubisoft and whether it's Sam Fisher and you know Splinter Cell or Prince of Persia by giving away these things like DLC instead of investing in good games to kind of continue those series along? Seems really, really weird. I don't know if you guys have ever got an opinion of it or any sort of affinity with those two series, but Splinter Cell is like a massive fumble. They keep on doing it. And then Prince of Persia, people were quite... They were doing all those tweets, you know, where they've got like the summoning circles for Prince of Persia. And it's like, obviously, no new mm. Prince of Persia game that I'm aware well, of, unless I've missed it. No, the first Assassin's Creed game was, I think, started off life as a Prince of Persia game, and then it just became its own thing midway through development. So... That's your per that is the Prince of Persia um, yeah. series. No, it's just what it's become. So um, okay. it's not like those Prince of Persia games. They have they don't have a huge plot, do they? They was kind of they were they're all quite old, and um, all the Prince of Persia fans are going to hunt me down now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's not a complicated story in the same way as Assassin's Creed, which just got like kind of decades of of lore and complex yeah. complexity to it now. Fair. Um, speaking of lore and complexity, like it's God knows where this is going to end up in two weeks' time, but Crystal Dynamics officially owns Tomb Raider again. That's a massive flip around, which is just a bit of a weird one. Does either of you know the ins and outs of this story before I start waffling through the, the article? Um, no. Crystal Dynamics did 2013, 2016, and UB, I think it was UB, took it over to do Shadow in 2018, and Crystal's got it back now. Right, okay. Because they're owned by whatever that's called. Embracer. Embracer that owns everything. Ah, okay, okay. So they've yeah. gone, right, you guys can have it now. Okay. Which is encouraging. Did you prefer the Crystal Dynamics games out of curiosity? Um, I did. I loved 2013. I thought that was amazing. Mm. Um, and I did, but I didn't hate Shadow, so... Yeah. Like I know that there was a lot of people that were like there was it what didn't really have a great reception and a lot of people were quite disappointed. But I thought in terms of like maybe not mechanically or what have you, but like in terms of actual story and character development, Shadow went somewhere quite interesting. Hmm. Um uh but yeah, I do like the feel of the other two, so yeah, it's pretty I'm pretty happy with that news. I'm trying to remember what game came out the same day as Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Because uh, I remember Shadow of the Tomb Raider was Xbox exclusive for a year. Yeah. That was right, because it came out the same year as God of War. What It came out on something the same day. Sorry if you can hear my clicking, people. Uh... Are you thinking of... Was it in the second one? That was the exclusive, wasn't it? No, it was the 2018 one, I think. Yeah, Shadow was. Yeah. I played it on Game Pass for the first bit. Yes, well, so. it had um, it had the big demo on Game Pass for ages. Yeah. yeah, it did. So it was just, it felt a bit of a fumble. I think that one in terms of like being only available to Xbox players. I don't know 
I don't think they've released a game since exclusive to one console that I'm aware of, or at least for a timed exclusive. So, but did that kind of, it did kind of kill off the series, didn't it? 2018, stopped them from certainly yeah. going, oh right, okay, well let's make another one of these in two years' time. Or three years, I'd say. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. be exciting to see what they do with it, because there is a bit of a gap in that area at the moment. In terms of like platformer, you've got God of War, but I think that's just a completely separate kind. Whereas yeah. like the traversal side of like Uncharted and Tomb Raider was like a game I really enjoyed. So to see where they kind of take that, be curious. But I doubt we're going to see it for another two years, minimum. Okay, cool. Um, and somebody's throwing this in at the end, I think, just for us to kind of banter over. But the PS5 overtakes Nintendo Switch to become 2022's best-selling console so far. In the uh, the new Saints Row sold best on Xbox platforms in the UK, which was another little tagline on there. So Christopher Drink over at GameIndustry.biz continues. It was another strong month for PS5 in the UK. With stock levels up 56% in August. Just anecdotally, you guys, I don't, I, I'm constantly seeing game have them in stock now. It doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So if anyone needs one, and you yeah, can't I was always gonna, one. I was always gonna reach that point, wasn't it? Yeah, we thought that eventually. But... <laughs> But yeah, to be fair, when it's going into October, and we're only just getting to the point, well, I say going into October, start of September, going into October next month, and we've only just started to get a steady supply of them. That is interesting. The platform yeah. has moved I mean, ahead. the reason... Go on, mate. Sorry, go on. Keep no, no, go on. No, no, go on. I was going to say, the reason, is it's, the reason it's kind of interesting is it's showing the point that now that Switch sales, which is fully to be expected, this was going to happen at some point, the Switch sales have now started to slow down as it's... Uh, five six year old console and now the ps5 outsells it every year it's kind of the first point we've kind of have that tipping point now that yeah. switch will start to dwindle and i think it probably says more the fact that it will mean that we'll start to see switch two at some point in a, in a year or two's time or we'll start to hear about it next year i think um it's i don't think it's this is much to do with switch's decline as it is the, the ps5's uh, success because i think this ps5 is being held back for, until this point so this is uk but do we know what it is globally at this point because i thought ps5 it wouldn't have outsold the nintendo switch as a console but certainly in the year no, no. i would have assumed it would have yeah i think i want to say 22 million i saw something on twitter the other day we will find that out and we will discuss it next time but I, i'm i'd be surprised if the playstation has not sold everything globally in 2022 even with supply chain issues um so again just in the uk as a result sony machine is currently the uk's best-selling console of the year the platform moves ahead of the Switch. Nintendo's hybrid console also enjoyed a sales increase of 4% in August. Uh, Xbox Series X, S and X sales remained steady last month, but were still in third place. In total, near 125,000 consoles were sold in the UK during August, which rise 20% over the month before. Very interesting. Uh, it says the next sentence, however, just under 880,000 consoles have been sold this year, which is a drop of nearly 36% compared with the first eight months of 2021. So, with strong console sales down to the consoles just releasing, probably, and then also aftermath of COVID last year as well. Mm. So, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. Interesting, okay. Other than that, that is our news for the week. Anything else anecdotally that you guys want to bring up? I've said anecdotally at four or five times this uh, podcast, so it's probably my new word of the week. Mm. Uh, no. No? Nope. Okay, okay. Any plans 
this week? Anything exciting you guys are doing? Just interesting. Going to fill three minutes here, make it 30 minutes podcast. Uh, I'm going out for dinner on Thursday. Oh, are you? Where are you going? Anyone nice? Don't, uh, actually, don't say because somebody might find you. I'm going to the market that we go to. Ah, very cool. Very cool. That's uh, a farmer's market. <laughs> in a field in the middle of nowhere. We have lots of people and security cameras and it's very well lit. So Near, no one can stop me, please. Near Norwich. <laughs> Laurie, anything in exciting? Go and see Mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to live in a reef. Yeah, have, I'm afraid I'm off to Paris on, on Friday with, with my good lady wife. Very okay, nice. a 10-year wedding anniversary. Just the two Aww. of you? Yeah, just the two of us. We yeah, can yeah. make it if we try. Our wedding anniversary. I don't know. Just don't make more of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the plan for the wedding anniversary. Yeah. Struggle. No plans. One night away. No. Bosh. <laughs> two nights away, thank you. Two? Bloody hell. Two Mate. nights away, yeah. No. Mate, you're 12 a reef me uh, now. Yeah. Terrible. Any yeah. nice any nice plans while you're over there? You're going to visit Ubisoft's headquarters or? No. I don't think that uh, No, just uh, just drink lots of wine and eat some cheese and just wander around, really, and wander about the North Tower, I guess, and that kind of stuff, to find some nice, nice jazz bars and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, eat some nice rare steak, really. That's the plan. Some rare steak. Can you maybe okay. reenact a scene from Ratatouille when you're over there, just for me? Would that be okay? Uh, yeah. One of my favourite films. Yeah, Linguini. That one. Don't do that accent. You actually would suit a French accent. You've got that kind of, you've got those features, haven't you? Have I? I think so. I do. You do? I think if I, if I, 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 if I saw you screaming, <laughs> merde. If I saw you screaming in a car next to me. Yes, it does. <laughs> bonnet de that, douche. Um, yeah, I saw that Assassin's Creed Unity I played. Oh, okay. look at that. Could be that, yeah. On full circle. That'll be you climbing up the, uh, the Eiffel Tower. That was actually, talking of smaller ones, that was actually my favourite of the previous. Talking of smaller ones? Older. Smaller Assassin's Creed games. Okay. Unity set in Paris. Everyone <laughs> hates that game, but that was one of my favourite. Speaking of smaller ones, it's going to be the podcast title for the week. And that is your lot for this week. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on our fortnightly adventure. If you want any M-O-A-R of this ruckus, that says more. Or even podcasts about other consoles and a separate Xbox podcast. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I can't even believe I said that or plugged it. Head on over to thecrossplayers.com and if you click on the Discord link, you can find all of our rowdy bunch lurking about in there. If you want to go a whole step further, head over to patreon.com slash crossplayers and throw some cash at us. Heather, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Enjoy your meal in the field. And Laurie, enjoy Parry. Thank you. Really delayed reaction. That was maybe I wasn't being ironic. I genuinely wanted to enjoy yourself. No, there's no sarky coming. I'm waiting for some snark. No, genuinely have a good time. I'm just trying to be nice. Have a nice time with you, man. Have a good. Ah, Mm, Well, you have a nice time. Don't be so salty. You have a lovely time. No, you have a nice time, Dan. I hope your plane isn't delayed. Hope you're fine. Okay, good. Right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh, remember, play cross. Oh. Button. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.